was ever doing that one. <coughs> I'm trying it again. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <coughs> it's your boy, the one and only A Switch, aka who keep putting this whipped cream on my booty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh that really isn't funny but that is that is taking me out for some reason um <laughs> aka put that butter and cheese uh on my biscuit real quick <laughs> oh, i'm not high i promise <laughs> oh god um aka the Kobaki tiger dropper aka the undisputed undefeated uncontested social distancing champion aka the nigga lip master bringing you yet another episode of switches sites episode 153 to be exact. Um, today's date is May 12th, 2022. Um, for those that may not know, uh, switch Sites podcast is a solo video game podcast where your boy just talks about that. Um, what else? Anything pressing to talk about? Nothing that comes to mind, I guess, uh, outside what the kind of crazy, the baby formula, there apparently is a shortage of baby formula, which is, that's crazy. I don't know what, I mean, that's, I mean, toilet paper is scarce, but just no baby formula. That's, that's just, that just sounds dangerous, but I mean, it's just concerning if anything. So hopefully all the babies are nurtured. Um, and you know, all of what that entails, you know what I mean? So, um, outside of that, what else? Felt like there was something monumental, but I don't think there actually is (coughs) probably some random Twitter thing. I don't know. What am I even talking about right now? I don't know. Uh, well, let's stop the dilly dally <laughs> and get right into it. Uh, first topic of discussion. If I could type, if I could, if I could type, uh, Xbox outages. So, uh, this was, uh, I believe over the past weekend. Uh, Xbox, pretty much everything under the Xbox family, uh, whether that be Xbox one, uh, Xbox X, 360, uh, devices that su- support cloud gaming had a pretty, pretty like severe outage. Um, and at least why I bring this up is not necessarily because, you know, oh, well, I guess, you know, servers online. I guess we could, you know, I'll just play a single player game, but that's the kicker in of itself too. Apparently a lot of folks, um, you know, who own digital games apparently weren't able to play them as well. So (laughs) it's like, well, this is just, uh, I could just glance at stuff or maybe watch, watch a YouTube video, Netflix. Um, so yeah, so at least that brings up like a very concerning aspect. I mean, I know we talked about PlayStation as well, but this is uh, I guess this is kind of unexpected for Xbox to have something like this as uh, in addition to a uh, PlayStation where, you know, post apocalyptic world where, <laughs> where we still happen to still have electricity somehow. And you know, can't kind of be SOL. Um, 
I think not necessarily every game, but I think there are select games. I believe um, it's not really a, a, a dedicated consistency to it, but um, it's still crazy. Uh, I think depending on the game, like it, I saw a tweet where you essentially they need to check um, depending on the game, mind you, but still just the fact that that's more than likely uh, a huge number is uh, is kind of scary. You know, as somebody who is a, I wouldn't say physical purist. Uh, what is it? A physical advocate. Yeah physical advocate. I do, you know, like to get some digital games, mainly games that I do see myself playing fairly consistently, like throughout, <clears throat> throughout the year or whatever, which is, which tends to be multiplayer games, but that, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, this, this definitely solidifies that. But then it's like the whole thing now where it's like, I think the, the most recent example is probably Halo Infinite, where <clears throat> technically the disc doesn't even really have the game at all or something like that, I believe. I think uh, at least probably like 40% of the game is on the disc and they left the rest for you to download. So that like literally defeats the whole purpose. So more than likely, hopefully there'll probably be some <laughs> Halo Infinite Complete Edition, which <laughs> kind of sounds very contradictory when you when you think about it, but that's uh that's just crazy. And you know, of course, obviously, the 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 buffoonery with the Nintendo Switch going on, where uh, I think what Kingdom Hearts, the Kingdom Hearts trilogy, you can you literally you have to stream it if you want to play it on the Switch. There's no option to. You can't play it physically on the switch. You have to stream it to your switch to play it, which is that's like, well, what, 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 that, what am I doing? <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? Um, and then there's, I think there's like legit games on the, on the switch where it's just literally just the box and then just a digital code. You get to just download and play the game. It's like, that's just, that defeats the whole purpose in my opinion. I mean, I know some people who like the, who get digital and like to have a physical case with it, even though it, there isn't any tangible media to it, but it's like, damn, it's like, I want to know I could just pop it in and play it. It may not be, you know, with today's standards where it's like everything is getting patched to oblivion. Um, but at least it's somewhat is playable. Um, which that's a whole nother thing. Um, it's all bad, man. This is a scary future. We're going to, I definitely say that I'm definitely holding and touching maybe, maybe some slight caressing of the media that I own, you know, just stuff like this. Scary, scary stuff, scary stuff. Um, hopefully Microsoft, uh, sees this as a lesson, at least specifically for, for at least the single player games <laughs> that you can't play online because of the, uh, licenses or it needs to check in essentially kind of going back to the very horrible presentation of the, uh, initial kind of a showing of the a Xbox one, AKA the VCR. <laughs> the 2013 VCR essentially. So we shall see, but, uh, uh, that, that is, that does not feel great. Let me tell you, it's one thing where, you know, servers down can't play online. Okay. But then it's a whole nother thing where you have your primary Xbox. It's set as your primary, you own the game, you bought it and it's downloaded, but you can't play it. That, that clearly needs to be rectified, especially, you know, when the Xbox Zen Zenion, <laughs> whatever, whatever the next generation is, you know, and then 
when eventually the series gets to a point of retirement, if you will. Scary times. Hold hold your CDs tight. Hold hold your CDs tight. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, aren't you gonna crush them? Hold them tight. Just hold them. Just just hold them unconditionally. Don't let go. Let me let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move. Uh, Redfield. <laughs> Redfield. <laughs> uh, you can see where I, I uh, had a had a had a minor case of the word jumbles. Uh, Starfield and Redfall uh, have uh, both been delayed to 2023. So uh, just was announced earlier today uh, from Bethesda. Uh, we'll read the little quip they got here. Uh, we've made the decision to delay the launches of Redfall and Starfield to the first half of 2023. The teams at Arcane Austin, Redfall, and Bethesda Game Studios, Starfield, have incredible ambitions for their games. We want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them. We want to thank everyone for their excitement for Redfall and Starfield. That energy is a huge part of what inspires all of us every day and drives our own excitement for what we are creating. We can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both Redfall and Starfield soon. Thank you for your support. So, uh, I think we think, uh, well, I can't even say that because I, I think, uh, Bethesda has been fairly consistent with their announcement to release consistency. If I recall, I think Skyrim was announced, um, during an E3 and released on its uh, date. I think 11, 11, 11. <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I remember that. Um, fallout four. I know that for sure. They announced it at E3 and released like, I think in November, October ish and was on point. So can't even really say that. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, take your time, take your time guys. Um, <laughs> I keep going back to the quote. What is it? Uh, uh, Mr. Miyamoto. Uh, what is it? A good, a bad game released early will always be bad, but a good, I gotta always mess it up. Always mess it up. Always mess it up. A delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. There we go wise words, I'd say sounds pretty smart to me. It's okay. It's a lot. It's a lot coming. I mean, at this point I'm like, Hey, the more breathing room, the better, you know? So I'm not freaking out over it, but it's okay. It's okay. Moving on. I'm a code. It did. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak uh, was announced. Well, of course it was announced, but <laughs> uh, they announced a digital event showing a little bit more of Monster Hunter. Uh, which, uh, premiered earlier this week and some, some interesting tidbits to kind of, uh, digest munch on if you will. Uh, firstly, uh, they 
confirmed a returning monster, which was, I believe the Seregios, the, uh, the bleed, <laughs> the monster that make you bleed. Uh, so that's going to be a new, uh, affliction to, uh, you know, get acquainted with coming back. Uh, I think he premiered in generations. I want to say, so it's good to see Seregios back. He a bitch though. I mean, don't, 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 don't get it twisted. <laughs> He's still a bitch. Just, just putting that out there and putting that in the universe. Just want that to be established known. Um, they announced some, uh, variants of, uh, existing mon monsters from the game. I think, uh, Almer, Almerlin, Almerlin. <laughs> um, let me look up. Make sure I'm covering, uh, what I need to. Yes. Regio's coming back. Aurora, Aurora Sum, Sumnacanth, Aurora Sumnacanth, Aurora Sumnacanth. Uh, then, uh, the magma variant of Almudron. Got that? Huh? Yeah. Huh? You know, Alma, Almudron, but magma, right? You know, just, just saying. <laughs> Um, Hunter actions, that's uh, something they showed. So from what at least they showed in the gameplay, you can now take two Hunter skills with you on a hunt and you can switch between them on the fly. I don't think there's like any penalty or um cooldown for that. Uh, let me check. Yeah, uh, switch skill swap function, uh, allowing hunters to switch between two sets of silk buying skills during combat, which will open a whole new layer of combat opportunities that were never possible before. Players will be also be able to perform a swap evade move, which will allow their hunters to use switch skill swap while dodging enemy attacks while creating fast and exciting options for offensive and defensive play styles. That's pretty cool. That reminds me I'm getting some vibes from, um, uh, generations ultimate. I think, what was it? The one style, I think it was adept, adept where, uh, essentially you got this really dope stance where you're technically in a, uh, evasive state. So like while you're holding the button down, um, which one of the detriments is that it, it heavily drains your stamina meter, uh, while you're holding that, that, um, while you're holding that button down and that is draining fast and a monster hits you or whatever, you will automatically evade without getting hit. So that definitely sounds like where this inspiration is coming from with that aspect to it. But that's, that's a, that's a nice spin on it where you essentially, when you're put into the stance, you can also, uh, while in the process of switching to your other skill can also automatically evade. That's at least what I'm assuming that at least what they're making it seem to be. And kind of from what I saw in the gameplay is, uh, what it's looking like as well. So, count me in. I mean, I was in already, but count me in again. Just, just give me a, count me in two more times. Now it was just, just want to be counted at once. But now after hearing this, I'm like, count me in again. I want to go again. Um, yeah, not nothing too crazy. Uh, oh yeah, they did, um, provide more details on Malzino, who's the flagship monster for this DLC. Um, they revealed that he's like more vampiric in his abilities. Well, I think they hinted at that, but I don't think they really necessarily elaborated on what that's going to mean for like gameplay when you're fighting him. 
but at least from what they described in the video, um, his main ability is the power to grab and absorb the life force of any creature it can capture. The more life it can absorb in combat, the more powerful it can become. It also has certain attacks that will cause a hunter to gain a blood blight debuff status. While blood blight is active, hunters will constantly lose health and will only be able to recover health by attacking Malzeno until the debuff ends. Um, assuming that hunters will not be able to recover health with potion. Oh, Ooh, that's devious. That's devious. So specifically, I didn't catch that in the video, but specifically, I would assume that would be the case too, knowing that it's monster hunter. So if you get the, the Malzino debuff with the blood blight, your health is pretty much periodically draining like poison. And the only way you can get some of that back is actually attack the monster more, which is depending on how his, uh, you know, his moveset is that that's kind of dangerous in of itself too. <laughs> so I don't know. That's, that feels like a trap to like increase the odds of you fainting, getting carded for sure. I would say, um, especially if you can't heal during that period, but I assume it's probably going to be some item you can use like a, um, deodorant, like when you get pooped on by uh, the monkeys. <laughs> um, what other one, I guess technically similar to Seregios is uh bleed where, um, you know, there's a little, little various tricks. Like, uh, I think for bleed, if you eat, eat a steak, it automatically heals it. Or if you crouch for a certain period of time, you can heal, uh, the effects of, um, uh, bleed. But for this, oh yeah, I'm pretty certain there's obviously for sure going to be some item you can use during the hunt that, uh, negates it. Maybe a no berry, maybe it, maybe that, maybe a no berry is enough. Who knows? But there's definitely some workarounds for it, but that's a new interesting, uh, debuff that, uh, you know, encourages you to fight. It sounds similar to Gore Magala's, but I don't think Gore Magala's it didn't definitely did not drain your health. Didn't drain your health. And yeah, it was, I think it actually buffed you depending on the circumstances or something like that. So not too bad the more I'm thinking about it, but definitely not for the newbies, not for the newbies, but then again, newbies wouldn't really be, you have to get to a certain point to get to this monster anyway. Um, at least as, as far as other previous DLCs are concerned as well. So looking good. I don't need any more information. Just, just give me the game when it comes out May 6th, I think not too far. I've uh, kind of given up on trying to get my uh, play PC and catch up because I don't got time for that. I really don't. I don't want to play like 150 hours again. Yeah, I'm good. Apparently they haven't released any mods to like transfer save data if you are kind of savvy about that. So I guess I'm sticking on the switch version, even though <laughs> got the PC version, just to glance at it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll figure something out. Who knows? Ugh, I am. I'm still bitter about that. I'm still bitter about that. We've, we, we, we've been past world where like that was the same issue and like, okay, all right. Now we're on rise where it's a legitimate game where I think it's pretty, I would assume it's pretty doable, but <sighs> Capcom just let me down, man. Just want to just want to simply transfer my character from the switch to the PC. That is, I don't think that's too difficult. They did it from the 3ds to the, to the switch for God's sakes. But, but I digress. I digress. I'm only get more bitter and angry about it. I'm only going to get more bit angry about it, so I'm going to let it go. I'll leave it where it's at. But I'm not happy. 
not happy at all. Um, moving on. Oh, did I mess up the damn? I did. Uh, why? <sighs> why? Dead Space remake which was announced a while back. Um, coming out with the big balls, coming out with the massive cojones, coming out with that big energy. Announcing, uh, a def well, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's kind of subjective, but a pretty fairly definitive date of January 27th, 2023 out of out of nowhere so uh at least that tells me that's a lot of uh a lot of uh i don't even know a lot of confidence that's for sure uh so at least that confidence they they exude is, is rubbing off on me i'm like damn all right they know what they got they got something special so i'm like okay you got me invested now um, so I'm all in, I think they announced this like last year. So like what this is, uh, well, they probably were working on it previously a little bit, but at least from what they've told us, it seems like the development time was like, at least let's see if this is projected, maybe like two and a half years, which is kind of, uh, impressive for a game like this and you know or imagining but i mean at the same time it is the original was eight hours and they're kind of essentially you know um drawing inspiration and deviating in some ways off of it too but it is technically being rebuilt so i mean that can factor in as well so impressive either way hopefully it <laughs> it sticks to this date i I mean, if you making, making a bold statement this, this early in what, like seven months ahead of it, uh, actually dropping that shows a lot of confidence. So they clearly must be at a spot where they're, they know they can nail this date. So good on them. Good, good on, uh, live stream. Or, um, motive, motive specifically. There it is. Motive doing this stuff. They, they, they put the balls on the table. They put the balls on the table. They want you to look at it. Look at it. Do you like what you, <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop moving on. Um, interesting story here. So, um, this was from, uh, event hubs where there was a video, uh, interviewing, I think a former, uh, developer for street fighter, or I want to say maybe a community manager that was involved. Let me see. Oh, well, never mind. This was something that got blew up, I guess. Anyway, the, at least, uh, just, just to bring some backstory on it. Um, the story was that, uh, apparently, um, I think due to this Quentin Tarantino movie that had a depiction of Bruce Lee, um, the family of Bruce Lee was not very happy about its portrayal. It seemed like a very crass and like just, just, 
just derogatory representation of Bruce Lee because they essentially said, I think in the movie that it was Bruce Lee on top of it that made it worse. But so that led, um, a statement to be, you know, taken out of, out of context regarding, um, that essentially the family of Bruce Lee doesn't like any other depictions of Bruce Lee more or less, which I'm like, that's kind of weird because like, it's not necessarily Bruce Lee. It's somebody that's inspired by Bruce Lee, but not Bruce Lee. So, um, yeah. So let's see in terms of clarification about video game interpretations of Bruce Lee and is any what's being said true. Um, can we get official statement, blah, blah, blah. So the Bruce Lee account who's presumably, you know, uh, handled by the family of Bruce Lee. We never made any comments of this nature. We have no idea who this guy, <laughs> I guess the guy who was uh, talking about the, um, Bruce Lee, uh, controversy says, his close friends of family are, but his comments are entirely false surrounding Bruce Lee family. So at least in that respect, it seems like, yeah, that's pretty much unsubstantiated stuff more or less. So what a cut it cut this from the news tidbit, but you know what? I guess it's worth talking about cause I think that just it, I think it is still something to kind of divulge from here. It's like, still interesting to talk about, um, interesting to talk about, uh, the depiction of characters who are inspired by legendary characters, which is, I think always a weird legal thing, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily illegal to do that where it's like, it's not the character, but like a depiction of a character. Um, but I don't really necessarily see any, I don't know, defamation or anything like that. But at the same time, it's still again, an inspiration from a character, not a direct depiction of the character necessarily, which I think is what would legally make, um, make these characters safe. Like, um, uh, Fei Long from Street Fighter, Law Lee from a uh, Tekken, uh, who else? Uh, Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat and many other characters that at least uh, don't come to mind immediately. <laughs> it seemed like definitely every crappy fighting game from back in the day had, uh, a Bruce Lee, um, you know, inspiration as well. So, uh, at least everybody was thinking that because of the Quentin Tarantino ruining everything that, um, Bruce Lee family was like, all right, we had enough. Um, nobody else is going to depict Bruce Lee again. Something like that, but clearly wasn't the case. Just a statement taken out of context by somebody who apparently did not, wasn't very aware or knew of this. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting tidbit either way though. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> more combat. Uh, I guess they could also be, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> I want to say Bob the builder, but damn it. Tim Allen home improvement. Uh, yeah, that's actually more accurate. Um, anyway, <laughs> Gotham Knights, uh, they revealed a new gameplay demo, which I actually have not fully, uh, looked at, but at least why I brought this up Damn, looks this is straight up Batman just without the Batman. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Um, with the, uh, trailer, um, at least the biggest revelation of this game, I think this is definitely one of the first games, um, 
to not include PS4, Xbox One, um, and is essentially going full current gen now. Um, I'm not sure if they initially announced that it would be or not, but either way, um, I'm, I think we're at a point now where I think it is time to start. It's time to start getting exclusive to new gen. I mean, we, we are, we're two years in, uh, this current generation. Yes. PlayStation, uh, Mainly, I'd say PlayStation is probably the hardest console still to get at this point, but it's not, it doesn't feel impossible in my opinion. I mean, if you are looking hard enough, I think you can definitely snag one if you really want one, uh, at least I feel. Um, but I, uh, I think we're, I think it says at some point you have to cut the, cut the cord, uh, for the previous gen to actually get, get, uh, the benefits or fully push the benefits of these current generation consoles now, which, um, is good to see. I'd say, um, yeah, it, I think it's time. Of course I have nothing against games concluding that, but I do feel that essentially whenever you include, um, a pre the previous generation, uh, platforms when developing a game, I think they generally make it, make sure it runs for the lowest, uh, you know, uh, lowest powerful console first, and then they essentially upscale everything from there. And then that, that type of design philosophy, I think ultimately does suffer for people with current gen consoles because of that, where, you know, they can't really fully utilize the capabilities of these new consoles. At least the biggest new advancement now is the super, super insanely fast SSDs, um, which I think is, uh, I think so far is kind of underrated, but I think because of the fact that games aren't that games are not What's the word I'm looking for that games are not built from the ground up with, with the architecture of these consoles in mind that, um, they don't get the really, really utilize, you know, the capabilities of that, which, you know, like, let's say hypothetically grand theft auto, you like can load into the game like within five seconds and, you know, no loading, no nothing can go inside, you know, build in this stuff and not load or whatever, which I think that's, that's very like low, but you know, there's a lot more intricate stuff. Like of course what Ratchet and Clank did with, uh, you know, being able to like the load in the worlds and do the, uh, rift transportation and stuff, which is, you know, when you think about it, it's pretty demanding stuff and that can only really be done exclusively on current gen consoles. So it's just that at some point you have to cut people off and then in turn that will encourage people from the previous generation to upgrade to the current generation as well. So it's good to see, I have to say. So uh, I'm curious, probably the biggest I think next curiosity I think is probably going to be call of duty. I think, well, call of duty has always generally been multi-platform as long as they possibly can. But I don't know. I think this time modern warfare two, I think this is definitely the time I think they would go exclusively. I don't know. It's kind of like NBA though. It's like you, you do get a very strong amount of sales from people that literally only buy a console just to play one specific game each year. So I can't even say that. I don't know. I'm curious. I, I think it's definitely possible. I'm not sure if, if it actually will happen though. They have done it though. They definitely have cut off 
generations where clearly, you know, obviously it doesn't make sense. At least, especially considering the, the, um, kind of discrepancy between the two or the, the scale of, I don't know, power between the consoles. Yeah. I think, I think it's time. I think it's time. Really do. I guess time will tell. Uh, and that concludes the news for this week. Dropping my juice. Okay. Skinner, what I've been playing. Uh, first off, um, I just want to say chaos. Okay. Um, (laughs) because I did actually finish, uh, stranger paradise, final fantasy origin. I have to say, uh, overall, interesting combat, engaging combat. Um, story was pretty weak for the most part, but then like insanely picked up towards the end. I'll say, um, very surprised by the ending. I didn't see it coming when I I think technically I could have saw it coming if I had enough foresight, but I didn't know where, where the hell I was going with this game or where this game was going considering certain stuff <laughs> with, uh, what I talked about last episode, freaking what's his name? Jack Garland, freaking, uh, <laughs> randomly blasting limp biscuit out of nowhere. And this is within the final fantasy <laughs> universe, but definitely one of the best, I would say one of the best endings of 2022 for sure. Yeah, I I definitely stand by that. Definitely, yeah, if if there was a award I would give for this game, it would definitely be one of the best endings of 2022 for sure so far. For sure. I'll leave it at that. Definitely don't want to spoil it. Um But yeah, I did enjoy it. Uh especially if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, you know, for me personally, my only reference frame of reference for Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy seven going into this game. I still had a pretty good time. I picked up on, you know, some of the Final Fantasy staples and enemies, which are, you know, in the game, like I think I mentioned as well, but, um, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I have to say. Um, yeah, I'm surprised by the combat. It feels, it feels similar to dark souls, but not really. It's just dark souls feels more intimidating than this game. And this game didn't feel as intimidating, even though it was hard. It felt like I was able to figure out enemies and bosses more consistently than, uh, than dark Souls, I think dark Souls still feels difficult, but I think, I think a uh, stranger of paradise, you put it like a little bit below it. Then again, I was playing on action difficulty. Um, I think there was a hard one, which maybe might be more closer to, to souls, but like, it's like that for me defeats the whole point. So it's like, that's like if dark souls had a difficulty slider, well, if I played dark souls for the first time and it had a difficulty slider, I probably would probably go normal. But if I played a traditional dark souls game that doesn't have difficulty slider and I, they released, they somehow changed their idea and release a game that, um, is souls like, but doesn't have a, does have a difficulty slider now. And I feel like I would maybe put it to the hardest 
because of that, I don't know, tradition, I guess, but at least in this context with this game, I felt like action was, was challenging enough, but wasn't like, like debilitating or like crushing, I guess it was definitely some tough bosses. It was this one boss in, in particular, I might've mentioned it before Tiamat, uh, Tiamat can die. I mean, I killed it, but, but it could die again if it wants. Um, where it's just a huge difficulty spike, but when you catch on it, it seems to have for me at least definitely, uh, got me through Uh shout out to the, uh, NPC teammates that I think that was one aspect I was not actually utilizing enough, at least, uh, early on, but then further into the game, they help out a ton, which I guess, you know, uh, you use teammates. You didn't really beat the game. Did you? Um, uh, you didn't really beat the, uh, whatever. Hey, a win's a win in my book. I will miss tear misty. What is it? Miss tear. I will miss tear my ass into oblivion. I don't care. I don't care. A win is a win. Oh man. You use this broken weapon in the game. A win is a win. They cheap too. Why can't I be cheap as well? Get out of here with that. I digress. Yeah, overall, fun game. Interesting uh, setup, I have to say. Yeah, story was a little mad towards uh towards the beginning, but then then picked up like tenfold towards the end. So I definitely definitely recommend. Uh, moving on. Um, so as I was playing with the Steam Deck, which I'll talk about a little bit later, also as I was messing with that, I, I got back to playing thug pro, which, uh, I maybe, I think I brought this up a long time ago, but essentially thug pro is basically Tony Hawk's underground two, uh, but heavily modded for PC where they, you know, essentially added like all the maps from the previous games and essentially it's like a fan mod, uh, for thug Two, essentially where, um, it kind of brings everything back. Um, and it's pretty dope. I have to say, um, you need like the base game of Tony Hawk's underground Two, and then basically run this program that, uh, essentially <clears throat> ingrains itself within the game and then, you know, makes its own, basically modifies it heavily. And, um, that's been, it's been a fun experience. I get, you can create your character, which I did. I like, you can do the whole, like, um, what, what was the, what was the novelty back then where you could like, uh, I think I remember for, at least vividly for the original Tony Hawk game, thug game, you could, uh, take a picture of yourself and like send it to, a to this app or whatever, or a website for Tony Hawk. And then you can actually download your face in the game and play it which is pretty dope. I don't think I ever got a chance to utilize it, but, um, it was pretty dope either way, but you can actually do it via computer. Now you can upload essentially any picture of yourself. I think they want you to be like uh, face first into the camera and stuff like that. But once you do, you can implant your character in the game and kind of mess with it until it, you know, you get them to your liking. It, it is a, it is a fun creative outlet just to kind of express yourself in that way. Uh, for a game like I'm not a skater, but I love me some damn Tony Hawk. Let me tell you, I, I could, I could not skate on a board for my life, but oh, I could, I could do some combos in Tony Hawk. I'm just, I'm just saying, um, definitely takes me back to, uh, original thug, thug days playing, uh, score attack graffiti war, or I think, what is it? Graffiti tag. I forgot what it's called. Essentially graffiti where you fight for dominance. Uh, I think you grind, grind, do tricks on various, um, uh, items, locations, uh, throughout the, the map. And I think you have to get a higher score than the person you're, tr uh, facing, uh, cause there was multiple people. Whoever gets the most tags wins. 
And then you got <laughs> at least playing with Thug Pro. I mean, you kind of narrow down the, uh, what is it? The playing field to people who really know how to play. Cause like, who's going to put all the effort to get this work in if you don't know how to play a, a Tony Hawk game or whatever. So you got some people that <laughs> I, I feel like it's probably some term in, in the Tony Hawk community for it, where it's like dudes that will like literally not play until the timer ends. Like for example, like score attack or something not play until the, till the game, uh, the counter is almost done. Uh, and then they'll do this like 10 million combo and, you know, just to have people look at them specifically and take up all the damn time. I feel like, I feel like that sounds like that should be a term, but I'm curious. I'll have to look that up. But so that's a interesting aspect of, uh, of the uh, online community, but fun game, man, fun game, especially rolling some tunes. You can, you know, if you put in some extra elbow grease, you can make your custom soundtracks if you wanted to, but I think I did it and I lost the dad and I feel like doing it again. So I've been pretty satisfied with just, you know, bumping my uh, Spotify playlist. I actually made for Tony Hawk when I was playing, um, playing, uh, the one and two remake official remake. So I've been enjoying that. That's actually been a pretty fun time. So thug pro if you if you're into tony hawk don't sleep on it if well if you have a if you have a pc uh comfortable you know uh know your way around some uh you know folders and programs and are kind of savvy in that respect and you have a pc i think it's worth checking out it really is uh and with that being said Last, but certainly not least, been playing more and more and more with the, with the steam deck love in this thing lately, man, ever since I got it, I have been very, very enamored with it. It's, it is an impressive piece of kit. I have to say, impressive piece of, of hardware valve is a valve is in a bag for sure. So, um, I think I talked a little bit about it last episode, but, uh, to get more in depth, been, been, been <laughs> just been hacking away at it. Literally pretty much a majority of this week. Um, just been, um, well, I think the biggest hurdle for this, this, uh, this deck is that it uses uh Linux as its primary operating system, essentially. So pretty much when you're playing it, it's essentially kind of like think of steam in big picture mode. It's essentially doing the same thing, but with the steam deck, it's, uh, the Linux operating system, um, using like a kind of a big picture overlay. Well, at least in this case it's customized for the, the steam deck. So I guess the biggest hurdle for me is somebody who's of course a primary, um, windows user. Uh, trying to <laughs> essentially learn a new operating system I've not really messed with previously, at least in terms of a GUI standpoint, at least during college, I messed with Linux and stuff a little bit, but it was mainly command line based, not necessarily um, GUI based, but uh, at least with this, that's kind of what I'm starting to relearn. And uh, it, it's, it's, <laughs> It's a very initial steep learning curve, but I've slowly but surely attained uh, more knowledge in terms of getting my way around uh, the interface with this. The big one was um, I was trying to share, use this um, um, mouse and keyboard sharing software, which I actually use with my two PC setup, which is when you get it working, it is magnifique. So that was my biggest hurdle trying to get that to install. It like uses a different file system. And then because of that, I don't think they upgraded it alongside with the windows version. So I wasn't even sure it might even work, but somehow after research and sleuthing around, managed to get it installed, get it installed. And, um, 
and it actually started working. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, we, we cooking. So essentially, so I could just connect my mouse and keyboard to the Steam Deck when I have it docked and be able to, you know, switch back and forth easily without having just a clutter of mouse and keyboards and stuff looking like a real hacker. I guess to an extent I <laughs> kind of am really um, at the very basic level, I definitely say, but, um, so that was, a that was a big undertaking, uh, specifically PCSX two, which has been a hurdle with the device because I think it was some update to it. Um, somewhat recent update that like broke PCSX two that, uh, I think a lot of people have been reporting after I researched it, but that was my other big reason for playing this. I wanted like a portable PS2, especially, uh, of course, one of the biggest monumental developments is that I actually got Outbreak working. Yes. Yes. Resident Evil Outbreak on the go and online. Apparently I, I, I was able to connect, uh, but then it started acting weird when I put it in portable mode. So, but I think it's attributed to the, um, the update, the recent update that came out. So still need to do some tinkering to get that going as well as play some other PS2 games, which is, that's a big selling point for me personally. So that's been interesting. Uh, but then of course, just general emulation outside of that, like getting all my SNES Genesis and other games, uh, to play on it, which, so far, I've not really dived into that yet. I've been, just been messing with uh, Emu Deck, which installs all the emulators like in one fell swoop without too much kind of sleuthing on your end, which has been great. But um, there's definitely some tinkering I still need to do with some of the emulators. Like Dreamcast is still iffy. Uh, wasn't able to necessarily get P the PSX to cooperate as well. N64 seems to be kind of hit or miss, but then again, I think it's just some settings I need to adjust. I'll assume for each game for that. So probably one of the bigger wins for sure is, um, legend of the double dragon, ultimate double dragon. What else? Uh, streets rage two X, essentially a lot of beat em, beats of rage games. I actually also, got working on the deck. So this machine so far is feeling like it's just, I mean, really majority of stuff I threw at it, it actually was able to play like a uh, thug pro. I actually, uh, got it to work, but to get it to work consistently had to do a little bit more sleuthing apparently somebody figured out uh, a way to get it installed on Linux, which is uh, essentially it's a, a container within Linux that like lets you play, uh, I guess, depending uh, stuff through windows on Linux, pretty much where it kind of emulates windows is like uh, architecture and lets you play some games that way. Of course, not all games work. Haven't, come across a game that necessarily didn't work that at least I really wanted to make work at least. But <clears throat> of course, going back to steam's library, um, there are games that like what don't work at least for now that I assume they're, you know, periodically working down the road to <clears throat> actually get working. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that, but Overall, I am very satisfied with the Steam Deck. I feel like I'm definitely getting what I want out of it. Uh, it definitely is not for the faint of heart for people who aren't versed in like PC, I guess, knowledge, if that makes sense. Um, I think I think that makes sense where, you know, people who are people who aren't comfortable with um, advanced computer usage. I think you might have somewhat limited use out of this steam deck. But if you are one of those people that do like to sleuth a little bit 
and actually get more capabilities and, you know, play with stuff and, you know, things that might be more difficult or time consuming may take more patience to get up and running. And then, you know, actually figuring something out and getting that, um, what hit a, hit a dopamine, um, actually getting some working that you think you, you at least initially thought, I don't think that this can really work. Um, is, is pretty fun feeling. So it's like, kind of like I'm playing with PC for the first time all over again, which I'm surprisingly, uh, surprisingly surprised by, I guess of how much I am getting engaged with it and, you know, want to tinker with it and improve it and make things easier to play and, um, just make this like <laughs> essentially the ultimate portable machine for me in terms of the games I want to play on the go that I never thought I would necessarily be able to play on the go. So man, steam deck have to say it's pretty great. If, if you have the patience and the PC knowledge, computer knowledge, tech technology knowledge, I think it's definitely worth it. You definitely a lot of ways to get what you want out of it. Um, which, you know, I think always the philosophy with PC, it's like <laughs> you get what you put into it essentially, you know, and at least with the steam deck, the potential is definitely there for sure. So yeah, don't get me wrong. There's some weird, uh, oversights that I think of course they're still working on probably the most annoying aspect I've been encountering as of late is that if you do dock it and have it have a setup for another external monitor or whatever, um, it seems to be some weird resolution thing where if you, at least in my case, I have it, um, go to 4k. Uh, but I think because of the steam decks in portable modes, native resolution, which is, I think essentially 720p, but like slightly above that, um, the, when, at least when you're on the game interface, the steam deck interface, it, um, does not populate properly in terms of like the various fields. Um, but if you reboot it or put it into to desktop mode, it, it seems to be fine. But then even then it, uh, it seems like it's caught on or thinking that it's, uh, at the steam decks resolution, even though it is 4k, where it does essentially, it essentially, um, limits your mouse movement capability and, uh, pretty much puts you, <laughs> forces you to restart it. If you want to get it to actually move across the screen. So definitely huge, obvious oversights that, uh, I think, you know, will get patched and resolved in due time. I think, when Val's official deck um, dock for the deck comes out, I think they'll probably more than likely have all these like weird oddities squashed out um, before then. So, but yeah, at least definitely from a hardware standpoint, very impressed, very impressed. I think it definitely lived up to the hype. I knew what I was getting into with it that, you know, it wasn't going to be, <laughs> It wasn't going to be peaches and cream, um, jumping into this. So, you know, um, but yeah, steam deck. It's great. I am a believer. I am a, uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be somebody, somebody is going to come up with a term. It's going to catch on what, uh, what is it? A, a Gaben again, that is a, are you a Gabist Gabist? I guess. I don't know. I'm making up terms. A Gabe gear. Gabest is great. I recommend it again with, <laughs> with the stipulations I mentioned before. If you have patience, if you are computer savvy, computer knowledgeable, um, and you have a pretty beefy steam library. I think that's another factor too. I think you could definitely get a lot to, out of the steam deck. Very, very satisfied. Yeah, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And, uh, with that being said, 
Um, I think that will conclude episode 153 of Switch's Sights. Um, if you did like the uh, podcast, feel free to like, rate, and subscribe on your subscribe, <laughs> subscribe on your various podcasts and platforms. Uh, please, if you can, give me that five star love on uh, on those platforms as well. Uh, you can catch me live on Twitch TV slash A Switch, as well as on YouTube.com slash A Switch. Uh, until next time, y'all, get your damn game on. Feel free to fuck. Aw, yeah. Nobody's safe.